Hello, this is Yaros Dark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey interview with an expert. And on the line, I have uh, what you would call an old-timer who is potentially as old as I am in internet years. His name is uh, Andre uh, Chaperone. I, yep. got the, I got the last name right this time, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing a Skype to phone call for this interview. We had a bit of problem with Skype to Skype, so I'm hoping the quality will be better now because I'm really looking forward to this because Andre has got a huge career uh, that, well, <laughs> he's at least, he, I hope there's a huge career because you've been online for so long. So you, you certainly will have a story to tell. As I, I just found out, Andre's been online since the year 2003 uh, in terms of making a living from his business. So that's, this is your 10th year anniversary as we re- record this. You've been actually ha- not needing a job and living off your own business, right? Yeah. Um, um, it was nine years in October, so I think ten years will be uh, 2013. 2013 October. Um, so, so October this year will be ten years. Nice. That's a pretty like that's consistent, you know. Like uh, I know how hard that is. I, I've I've been online for that long, and I probably made my full time living for about that long too. And it's it's changed over the years. So uh, I'm excited to learn about how you've done, it, Andre. For people who don't know Andre, he's actually really well known for email marketing he, he has a course called autoresponder madness um, it's one thing he's great at doing is getting a, a really strong result with small email lists now I actually first heard of Andre through leaderboards on affiliate promotions for product launches and his name was always at the top of leaderboards and he was beating out some big names using much smaller lists and to do that, you obviously need to be very good at building relationships and, and just writing good emails. So I, I'm really looking forward to diving into some of the techniques you use, Andre, but also with these 10 years of experience to call upon, you know, and you live in Spain, you know, you're doing that sort of move to the sunny weather. There's a lot of things that a lot of people listening to this would like to replicate. So thank you for taking the time to do this call with me. You're more than welcome. So let's go back in time and... Tell me, uh, were you an entrepreneur as a kid? Um, <laughs> well, I guess yes and no. Um, um, while I was, shortly after I left school, I, I decided I didn't want to um, go get a job. And um, I was just buying computer parts, <laughs> buying, buying computer parts and assembling them as as. as as whole PCs, and then I was I was selling them um, through the newspapers and and whatnot and word of mouth. Um, uh, so when was this? And, How, what year was this? Um, I finished high school in '99, class '99, '91. What am I saying? Class '91. And then be, before that, when I was still at school, um, I used to be uh, myself and my friend used, used to be famous for buying all the those opportunities in the classified ads and then going through them and trying to figure out how we can do similar things and and then we used to run a few ads and just try a few things but i i never used to know what i was doing and uh, i don't know if if that was entrepreneurial at all but um i guess that's where it all started but just somehow along the way i just knew that i would never work for a boss at some point in my life it's you know um I just had that had that that feeling um, or that belief, um, but that happened later on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you went to school in the UK. No, um, I'm South African, which is why I sound a bit strange. But okay. um, I was I was I was born in in Durban in in South Africa, um, and yeah, so um, I had all my schooling over there. Um, I worked over there, and then in 1999. The year I got married, we, myself and my wife, decided to leave South Africa and move to the UK. Um, uh, South Africa is a is a dangerous place, and you know we were young and wanted to start a family, and it just you know we we had decided that staying in South Africa just just wasn't a thing to do. So we we packed our bags, sold everything we had. Um, so we each had two suitcases and three thousand eight hundred dollars. I mean, uh, pounds and, and money, and that was it. And we jumped on a plane and we went to the UK. And I guess that's 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 how the whole journey started. That was in nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so there wasn't an internet business really yet for you then. 
Oh no, no, no! I was I was working computer stuff. I was like, uh, I, I'd done my Microsoft certified engineering thing, so I used to just work at computer places and and do support and computer stuff. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing since I left school. Um, so what is that? Ninety ninety one to ninety nine. So wow, for a few years. Yeah, and you managed and, to save three thousand eight hundred pounds from from those eight or nine years, huh? Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the exchange rate from from South African rand to pound sterling wasn't that great. So, um, and you know um, when you're a student and you spend all your money, so yeah, I I certainly didn't have much of that, and uh, um, uh, had the opportunity to 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 leave, and we did. So okay. that's that's all we did, and. Uh, so yeah, um, in where was it? August, August of '99, we we landed in the UK, and then just had to get jobs and and start again. Okay, so, wow. Um, so did, did I'm assuming you got more work in the computer area with the, the hardware yeah. and stuff? But the dot com boom must have been kicking in around '99 as well, all around you. Yeah, it was. Um, I had a few decent jobs, I, I suppose. Um, and then in 2003, um, so in the beginning of 2003, I was I was working for this computer company. I mean, for this company that um, well, they they did stuff for traders, and I was just doing the, the support stuff for that. And we had a whole um, IT, uh, IT department, and we had got the news down from the grapevine that the company was going to retrench um, the whole department sometime near the end of the year. Um, so I knew that there was this thing was going to happen, and uh, jobs were being at that time in 2003. Um, computer jobs were being outsourced to India and, and places like that. So um, the dot the dot com boom was coming to an end. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just made a made a, made a conscious decision right then and there that. I needed to do something else. Um, I, you know, whatever it was, I had never heard of making money on the internet before at, at that point. So I just knew that I, I had to find something else to do, and I didn't want to do this this computer stuff anymore. Where you got to const- constantly learn and stay up to speed just to get, you know, just to earn a living. So um, um, I went searching right. at that point. So that was that As was in the beginning of Google searching or. Yeah, I mean, all sorts of searching. I just, I just, you know, I still can't remember how, how I actually ended up online. I think um, I, I, my first stop was 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 eBay because it just seemed like a logical thing to do. <laughs> so to look um, for what though? Well, you know, because you could you could sell stuff using eBay um, using their platform. So. I went into eBay communities and I found out that people were were, were selling information products um, using eBay, and um, that's how the whole thing started. Whereas my my other colleagues were were looking for 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 jobs for when the when the chop was going to happen, and I was just online trying to figure this out. And I think at some point during 2003, um, I was exposed to Frank Kern's InfoMillionaire product. And and I bought that, and it was just like, wow! I, I didn't realize people could actually make a living online and s- sell information, and and you know, so I guess that's how it all started. And then on October twenty second, two thousand and three, um, that's where when the chop happened. <laughs> so we all lost our jobs, and that was the last day I ever worked for for a boss again. But uh, <laughs> okay, well, so that's. <laughs> that had to be scary though, because you know you lost oh, your yeah. job. I'm assuming you're hoping your your wife's going to be a, a breadwinner, or or are you, are you feeling yeah. the the pressure here to get a make a living from something else within a certain time frame? Well, she, she was she was working at the time, which was which was great, and I had got a small bit of redundancy money for when they did um, uh, fire us all. Uh, so, but it wasn't much of a. a of a nest egg. I think I got like two and a half months of salary up front, so it wasn't much. But anyway, so it was. But it was strange because on the, on that date when when we all got our our, our marching orders, um, I felt this uh, this this huge relief, this this weight to be lifted off my shoulders. And when I was on the train back back home, 
um, it was just the strangest feeling. Um, yeah, it was just strange. It was just like yeah, I guess it's uh, a sign. Somehow I knew that 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 this was a massive turning point, more so than when I just you know left left South Africa and gone to a strange foreign country. That didn't feel feel the same way as as what had just happened then. So, mm. but yeah, that was that was a massive struggle because obviously I'd I was brand new to this stuff. It's it's, it's not like I was earning a earning a full time living online and then decided okay I'm gonna I'm gonna stop stop working now because I'm earning as much as I'm you know, with my full-time job, uh, kind of just, I was pushed, pushed, in, pushed it into, into the deep end, I guess. Mm. So you have two months worth of salary. Did, was that what you were looking like? Okay, I have to make something online within two months or I start looking for a job. Like, how did you even talk about this with your wife? Because that's, that's a big thing for most people is sort of going, okay, there's, there's a deadline here. If I don't do something that makes money from the internet, then at some point I will need to start looking for work again, which no doubt was a horrible thought. Yes, but I I I told myself that there was no plan B. There was no going back. I mean, this this was an amazing opportunity. I <laughs> I had no job, and uh, yeah, that was, it, it was just I have I have to make this thing work. So, okay. So what did you yeah, do? No. So the first thing I did actually is um, because eBay was was that first thing that I was exposed to. Um, I started selling. Um, some of the some some of the details are a bit sketchy, but uh, <laughs> I started selling information products um, using using eBay as as the way to 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 get exposure and to sell the stuff. Um, I wasn't creating my own products; they were like um, resale, you know, where you get vast resale rights, so you have the ability to to sell this thing. Um, but at the time, I found that that um, eBay hadn't bought it out PayPal, so they were two separate companies at the time, so the integration was was very sketchy, and um, I found that it was very time-consuming, so if you made a sale, you would have to check your email, and then you'd see that the sale there, and then you'd have to go and verify that the money was in your PayPal account, and only then send the person this link so they can download the product, and it just seemed like that there had to be an easy way of doing it, and and I don't know. I, I I just didn't want to be sitting in front of email all day long, waiting for for sales to come in, and then I had to send the stuff out. So I figured out this this automated way to automate the whole process using using um, autoresponder um, programs at the time. You know, nothing like um, um, Aweber, but autoresponder series that you. I mean, autoresponders that you get with your hosting account, where's if somebody sends um, an email to a, to a certain email address, it'll bounce back in, um, this message. Um, so simple things like that. So I'd, I actually created this little system that allowed me to to sell my products. And as soon as some, as soon as the money went into my PayPal account, it would trigger this this email that got sent out to the to the customer with with a download link. And and it worked really well. And then people were asking me because I was and I was in the forums and I was telling people what I was doing, and they were interested so I told them and then I told more people and then I thought okay well let me just write out what I do in this document and then I did that and then it just became like a natural thing well actually why don't I just sell this this process so that was my very first product that I actually created was called um what's it called you, you can find it on the Wayback Machine it's it looks ugly as hell hmm. um, so um, e- eBay yeah. email marketing secrets exposed or something yeah <laughs> Uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know, I've, I, can, I, can, I can find it somewhere, but uh, that was that was my very first information product that I created, and then people were buying that, and then I, um, as part of the process to increase the perceived value of what I was selling, because pe- people were selling things for, for, for almost no money on eBay, and I thought, I want, you know, I can't sell my thing for um, $50 on eBay, because no one's going to buy it. So I bought this little website, and, and the only reason why I bought the website is so then on my eBay ad I can say, listen, I'm selling this on my website for fifty dollars. Therefore, this is a deal on uh, on uh, eBay for half the price, for example. Right? Mm. That was my that was my my mentality, and it, and it worked. But then I started to get sales directly from the website. I thought, wow, this is this is amazing. So, um, so wait a second. I, I got to clarify some things here. So, first of all, you're a one man band, right? So you, when you say you're 
creating information products and setting up websites and using eBay and all that stuff, you're doing it yourself at home, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, you know, I didn't have I didn't have money to to outsource anything, so yeah, I was I was doing it all myself. Um, at times, I felt like I was I was getting brain damage because you know you're just doing everything yourself. And um, but yeah, um, that was what I had to do, I guess. Okay. But, you know, it was just a process. And how are people finding even the auction listing and your website to buy the product? Because that's usually the hardest part, getting traffic, even you know back in that day. Um, yeah, um, on eBay, you know, you you would you would buy your little ad on the eBay system, and you could pay for different types of if, if it's bolded or highlighted or in the top page, you know, and they give it more exposure, but it costs more money. So that's how I was driving traffic to to, to my eBay page or to my eBay listing, and then I had this this about page, and then from that about page, I could link out to other things. Um, how people started finding the actual websites, um, I don't quite know. They, they, they just did, I guess. Um, I'd, I'd been hanging out on forums for for a long time by then. Um, but once I noticed that that website was starting to make sales and, and, and way more sales than on the eBay listing, I just stopped doing eBay completely, and then I just focused on the website and, and finding JB Partners and and going down that route for a bit. Okay, so just to clarify, that first product you sold was to help people automate the collection and delivery of a product after buying on eBay? Yes, so it was basically just sold to people that were selling stuff on eBay and just showed them how to automate the whole process so they didn't have to sit in front of their computers and, and manually do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, and by this stage, were you making enough money to replace your job income that you'd lost? Um, probably not at that point, but I was I was making a few hundred a month, um, a few thousand um, some days. I mean, some months. Um, but it it was it was progressing up, so um, things things were looking good. Um, and along the way, at that point, I started building an email list, and that's that's when things got got a far more interesting for me and, and far more stable. But um, in between all of this stuff, I was I was doing a whole bunch of things. I was doing SEO and I was doing stuff. You know, I was just consuming how-to products and then implementing them to find out things that would work. And then the things that didn't work, I stopped doing. And the things that did work, uh, you know, I decided if I want to do more of it or if I didn't like doing it, like the SEO stuff. Um, so there was a whole bunch of stuff going on all, all at once, <laughs> I guess. Um, in the beginning, there was lots of chaos. Um, things started to get less chaotic um, as I've been doing it for a little while. Mm. So when you yeah. say you were building an email list and, and doing SEO, was this all just to drive traffic back to this one eBay product? Um, the eBay product kind of just um, existed by itself. Um, and once I started to get momentum and figure out how everything was, was working, I actually sold that that, that little um, eBay product that had its own website. I ended up selling it to somebody that was on um, that was an actual customer. Um, I emailed out my my small little email list and said that um, I'm thinking about selling this this thing. And if anybody's interested, they must contact me. And somebody was interested, and they contacted me, so I sold it. Um, and then that allowed me to focus my 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 time and energy on doing the other stuff. Okay, so um, what's the other stuff? I don't exactly understand what that was. What did you start to position yourself as a trainer in some area or create more product or what were you doing no um i i was I, I was doing really well with affiliate marketing um and that seemed like a like a interesting thing because you didn't have to necessarily have your own products um so i was building email lists and writing pre-sale pages um like you've you've seen a few of my pre-sale pages so very early on i i decided to to to, to write story-based stuff, and for me, it's it it wasn't super difficult to write um, to write a pre-sale for for a product that wasn't mine. Okay, but you got to um, even explain like how did you find the product you wanted to sell, and how did you decide what to sell? Well, um, so I was. 
becoming friendly with the with a certain marketer. So then, for example, um, um, one of the first big successes I had was um, Chris McNini's, um what's it called? Uh, AdWords Miracle, I think it was. Um, I don't know if you even remember that, that product, but um, it just taught people how to use affiliate marketing to to do stuff, right? And um, he sent me this 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 copy of the product before he actually went went live. He says, you know, take a look at it and let me know what you think. And I went, and I went through it, and it was really cool. Some of the stuff I was doing already, some I wasn't. So um, as part of the process to promote that, and at the, at the time I, in that, I had a little email list, and um, I actually implemented some of the things he did. As so, as, as part of my my promotional um, thing um, to to promote his product, I had gone through the product. So first of all, I read it all. I know that not everybody does that, and then I took a, um, um, one of the techniques and I actually implemented it myself. And then I got results back. So then my actual pre-sale, when I when he did, when he did go live, and when I exposed the offer to my list, um, the pre-sale almost wrote itself because basically I said, you know, this this uh, this this product's really cool. And uh, Chris sent it to me a few weeks ago, and I took out one of the techniques that I liked, and I actually did it. And then I, I had screenshots of my results that I got, and I said, um, yeah, this is this is one of the best products I've I've, I've ever. Online, so okay. um, can I just and then I created a bonus for it and everything. So I spent a lot of time and energy around that that promotion. It wasn't just okay. I'm going to promote the guy's product and then write three emails saying that you go, that you should go buy it, like most, most other people were doing. So, okay. Um, to, to clarify, I just need to get this straight in my head, and I'm sure it'll help everyone listening too. So. While you were running your, your eBay product, you're obviously getting immersed in the world of internet marketing. So you're spending a lot of time in forums. Um, was it like the Warrior Forum, perhaps, or similar uh, sites? There, to was, that? there were there were other forums, um, mainly eBay ones, and then there was um, there was a marketing one that I was that I started to to find all the marketers. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. Um, so it, it wasn't was Warrior. Hell. No, no okay. it wasn't the Warrior one. All right, so it's something like one of the big. Yes. Something like the Warrior Forum. So then you're starting to learn. It sounds like you're learning everything from affiliate marketing to AdWords marketing to building landing pages to, to collecting lists to doing search engine optimization to get traffic to these landing pages. And you're building, sounds like, lists in different areas, but also an internet marketing list. So people are interested in learning from you to improve their own internet marketing and joining your list from that and then when your connections were coming to you with products that you might want to try and potentially promote you also had your own list to promote them to so you kind of were it's almost like you were becoming a pure affiliate marketer yes there was um there was a time when that's what because it, it, it for me it was really lightweight i mean i didn't have to after drive myself crazy with, with doing everything myself. Um, and I still had had a whole bunch of SEO things that I'd, I'd built that were still working. Um, so it's not like everything just came to a grinding halt and then I decided to focus on, on the one thing. Um, I just stopped doing the other stuff and I focused more on doing the video marketing stuff because for me it, it just it just was a was a perfect fit. It allowed me to to create you know, create marketing that I was comfortable with, and also doing do it in a way that was very different to what everybody else was was doing and saying and shouting about. And you know, I guess at some point you find your own identity, and then you just do things in your own way. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so tell me more thing. about these pre-sale pages because it sounds like they were important. What do you mean by a pre-sale page? Um. Well, so it's normally a story-based thing where you would tell a story about um, essentially pre-selling the product. Um, so as part of the process and because it's time-consuming, these things, I built them in a way that were evergreen. So I would only promote products, for example, that I knew I could keep that, that, that promotion 
going for for a while. You know, it 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 wasn't one of these product launches where it's it's open in the state and then it closes and then that's it. It's finished. So because I I have a small list and I needed to maximise it as much as possible. So when I when I built these pre-sale um, pages, I actually built like a whole website around it. And I they were you know they weren't big. Um, sometimes they were just one page. Sometimes they were two pages. Um, so that whole little website was about that product and essentially pre-selling it. And then I, um, later on, I started to um, create bonuses. And then as part of that whole pre-sale site, um, the bonus offer was on there. And the whole thing was on there. Um, and typically, I used to do what they said and get some sort of results or some, or I'll do something unique that added a whole bunch more value to to the actual offer. So um, I guess that that's how I approached it all. And the more I wrote to these things, the more I created, the, the better I got at, at writing them. Um, and they they got a life of their own, I guess, because um, through them, you um, I was building a list um, of followers and I was segmenting these lists and I knew what, what, what people were interested in on my list. And um, so, then I just started automating elements of this, and that's and that's how my whole how my whole process kind of evolved from that, um, which is what's in, in the oldest modern madness thing. Um, that actually came about by not because I decided I wanted to sell a new marketing product, it's because I was doing this thing this, this stuff for for a few years, and I got to a point where I'd automated all these different elements of it because um, I like automating um, automation. If you can automate something, then then and it's good to do that. So, um, yeah, I was just creating all these little these little entry points on the internet that all funneled into different email lists and did it in a way that was very different and, and, and stood out from what everybody else was doing. So, well, yeah. Um, you, were these only in the internet marketing industry or did you have them in different niches? Um, because I was, I was in the in the internet marketing space, um, I suppose the large majority of them were in the internet marketing, but I was I was also building them out in in other markets and weight loss and um, dogs, <laughs> dog dog training and baby the uh, the baby space and um, okay. yeah I was I was in them all, you know everywhere, but um, over time I, I I was focusing more and more on what I was good at so. Um, I couldn't be be an expert in in everything, right? So I just focused on on the internet marketing stuff after a while. Okay, just, just so to to complete the picture here, I think everyone listening hopefully is getting a a kind of understanding of what you did, but it's still a little bit fuzzy because it just sounds like you put this page up on the internet that talks about a product using a story, like, hey, you know, I'm Andre and I. Um, I, I'm an email marketer, and like, like I came across this guy's product on uh, how to, you know, double the amount of subscribers you get in 24 hours. And I, I went through his product, and here's the one technique from the product. And here I was before, and here I was after using this technique. This is why it's great. Uh, you know, if you want to grab my bonus or something about it, please join my newsletter. And then you provide some email content afterwards, and then also promote the product with your affiliate link. Is that in summary, kind of how it worked. <laughs> um, or can you maybe, yeah. or could you even tell us, like, you know, pick a product and one that worked really well for you, even if it's not in the make money online sort of space, and just tell us. So, like, I'm I'm really curious about the components to this. It sounds like it's just a couple of pages on the internet, and then a, a newsletter well, following it up, and then a promotion with an affiliate link and some bonuses. But there's got to be more to it than that, because that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy to do. Where's the secret sauce in all this? Um, well, I guess the secret sauce is just is just caring and 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 giving a damn. Um, because this, uh, when I was building these things, I wasn't promote, um, approaching them as as a you know. This was I was understood that there were there was a human being on the other end, and they were in a situation that I was in. Um, a few years earlier, and when I started us, and I still remembered everything, I didn't have any mentors in, in in anything back back then. I just had to try and figure this out myself. So I understood that they were going through this pain 
and they were looking for the solution. So um, one of the things that I haven't that that I forgot to mention is um, I used to have a blog on mahondrashapron.com. Um, so I used to run a run a blog, and I was essentially blogging like like you guys do. And I was I was just journaling what I was doing online. So I wasn't I wasn't teaching per se, although you know I said. I was doing this, and this is the the results I got. And then, as I was learning different things, I would then just blog them. And I started building up this audience. And um, on the blog was a way to join my, my newsletter. And and through that newsletter, um, I had the ability to obviously um, promote affiliate products. And whenever I, um, I promoted an affiliate product, I built out these elaborate pre-sale sites that you know I could take take two weeks to, to build the, the site and write the copy and do the bonuses and, and spend a, 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 you know, like a huge amount of energy on, on doing that and making it so it's, it's, it's really valuable for people. And then I would tell my, my, my little growing list about the, the product. Um, and yeah, um, okay, I so guess that's how the whole thing started. And the traffic initially, because I'm, I, I wasn't buying traffic um, at the time, um, for my internet marketing stuff, that is. I mean, for for the for the pre-sale little sites that I used to build in in other markets, then yes, I was I was using AdWords to to drive traffic to them. But uh, so these are like uh, micro sites, really, in a lot of ways. Like some niche marketers do do that, don't they? They have. Uh, um... Yeah, um, I guess that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess in a way they are. I mean, if, if you go to affiliatebully.com, you can see what one of them looks like. Um, but when I built them, I wasn't build, building them for SEO purposes. So the pages weren't built around keywords and stuff like that. I was just building it around um, problems and solutions. So and and at the time, so if there was a product and I wanted to promote it, and it was really really good. Um, so I didn't do many of these of these promotions because there they, they weren't many great products. <laughs> so. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah. I'll just take the time to build the pages and then um, send people there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I, I remember seeing Affiliate Bully. I've, I've come to that site several times because I really enjoy It's like a sales page, but it's broken down into multiple pages. So you sort of get to the end and you click here to continue. And, and it's 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 like it really is very storytelling based. So if, if, you, if you're watching this while we're talking here, listen to uh, go to affiliatebully.com and just see what Andre's got there as an example. I guess that that is what you're saying, like a pre-sale page, sort of, or is it a bit more than your usual pre-sale pages? Um, no, they, that's, I mean, some of them are just one page. If you go to um, zero to hero story, so Z-E-R-O and T-O, um, hero story, that's, that's, that's just a one-pager. It's just a one-page, and there's an opt-in um, box at the bottom, um, so it's it's a, it's it starts telling the story and then to, to get the at the end of the story you, you need to opt in and then the story continues using email and then within the context of that um, you know you can promote stuff. Okay. Um, so how do you get traffic to the zero to hero page? Because it looks like a sales page or or maybe a long squeeze page to get an email. Yes, I, I guess it is, um, but it's not like a sales page. I mean. I guess it it can look similar to a sales page, but when you read it, it, it it's it's really just just a story. Um, and those pages they just go viral. Um, you know, if you write really good content, and it's, I guess this, this is my experience is just people would just link out to these sites, um, and um, they would link out to my blog and they'll link out to these little pre-sale sites because. They don't look like a salesy thing. They just look like you've you you're dispensing great information. So people used to link out. I mean, they still do to my um, or just want uh, a Philip Bully um, site, and it, it, you know the site just ends up getting thousands of visitors per month that just come from wherever they come from. Right. Um, evergreen really is evergreen. Right. And so I was just leveraging that. Um, Okay, cool. let's let's go back into your story here, Andre, because we sort of sort of lost track a little bit. I'm assuming 
these pre-sale pages, these microsites, at some point became a stable income source for you, uh, well and truly. So can you pick us up from when that happened? Yeah. Um, I've just found um, that uh, my, my original digital product, I've just pinged it in the window if you, if you want to share it. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, sure. You. You, you can, you can say um, it if you want. Uh, well, um, the, oh. the Wayback Machine owned link is, is, is complicated, but it used to be called <laughs> autodigitaldelivery.com. But I've, I've, you, can, you can see what the damn thing look, looks like. It's ugly as hell. Yeah, that's a sales so, uh, page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not good at writing sales pages, so <laughs> I stopped building sales pages uh, very, very, very early on. And I just went the whole pre-sale route. For me, it just works so much better. And it's strange, though, because um, years and years and years later now, um, People tell me that you know I, I joined your list back when you did that that um, that thing in 2006 or whenever it was, and it was it's like oh wow didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I used to do. Um, sorry, I've, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I was um, asking. So at some point, this became a stable income source, and and you also moved away from England. So can we get catch up the story a bit? Where are we at when you? Because 2003 you start, 2004, 2005 eBay, I'm assuming, and then you're becoming a, an affiliate marketer after that. So at what point were you saying, okay, this is now what I do? I've made more than my salary. Take us up from that point. Okay. Well, um, eBay was 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 just a very fleeting thing. Um, that all started and ended definitely within a year, and and I moved on from that. Um, so, um, in 2002, so I, w- I was still working my day job, and we came down to Mobaya on holiday, my wife and I, to um, my wife's um, mother at the time was, um, had a little place uh, in Mobaya w- w- with her husband. So, we came and visited this place, and we thought, and we just fell in love with it, and we were only here, here for a week, for a week's vacation, and we just fell in love with this place, uh, Mobaya, so we so it's Marbella, yeah. Spain. Yeah, Marbella. Marbella, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and it was strange because we just, we, we uh, right there and then we, we decided this is where we want to come to and we're going to do whatever we're going to take to get you. That was the plan, right? And, and we gave ourselves this 10-year this, this plan. So that was 2002. So 2012 was when we were going to leave England and come live in Spain and because I had a normal job and she had a normal job but the only way that we could get there and, and we can't speak Spanish was we, we were going to buy this coffee shop and in our minds we needed a hundred thousand um, euros to buy this coffee shop and we had just pulled these numbers completely out of our you know and that was it so we went back to the UK and we had this this 10-year plan and we just knew that we were going to Somehow it was going to work out, and we were going to end up in Spain in, um, in, in, in a ten years later. So I guess that's that's part of the context. And then a year later, I lose my job, and the whole internet thing starts. Um, but in 2007, we everything had changed by by 2007, and it's we and we moved out here. So so it took us five years instead of ten years, uh, thanks to the internet. But uh, so yeah. So along the so way, how much were you like by two thousand and seven? Have you been making, you know, hundred grand a year for the last few years, or how did you sort of just feel like that now you're secure enough to to make this move? Um, I think I started making six figures a year by two thousand and five. I would, um, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, so two thousand and five, and mainly. Um, all that income was was being generated from me building up these little sites and me building up my 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 email list and then just sending traffic around to these different to to, to these different offers and then just building those things out. And How many did you have to get to six figures? And that's within two years, really, since quitting your job. So that's impressive. Yeah, but I mean, um, so uh, in in two thousand well in two thousand six. Um, this this thing happened, and um, I'd committed to, to to this marketer that I met in the UK that I would uh, promote his product when he when he when he releases it. So in my mind, I was going to do one of these things again. Um, 
but the penny hadn't hadn't dropped at the time that the product was a thousand was a one thousand dollar product, and I'd only ever been promoting things that were, you know, ninety seven dollars or seventy seven dollars, and um, so I went off to um, Las Vegas on a trip. Um, my wife was still working for um, Party Gaming at the time, so I ended up going to Vegas and I was sitting in the hotel room thinking to myself. What have you got yourself into? You've you've committed to promote this product that cost a thousand dollars, ten times more than you've ever, you know, the, the price point than you've ever promoted before. And I've only got a small little list, so um, I just use all of my <laughs> because how how, how small is small, uh, Andre? Before you keep going, um, it was less than a thousand people um, um, on my marketing list. Um, okay. at the time. Yeah, that's pretty small. Yes, it's <laughs> very small. For an internet marketing um, list in particular. <laughs> yes. Um, but there was the actual customer list. Um, oh, okay. There was a prospect as well. Okay, so, all right, that's different. Um, so, yeah, were you, so were you selling to your prospect list, to your customer list, or both? Well, this 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 promotion was, went back to my, to my customer list. Okay. And... Um, I just thought to myself that because this thing costs so much money, I'm going to have to really pull out all the stops and just do way more than what anybody else is doing. Um, and yeah, I just wrote tons of emails and I did it in the story fashion and I gave them all this information. And then I, I had this open feedback loop going on so then people would respond and because I, I encouraged them to respond if they had any, any questions. And so within the context of the story, there was this a dialogue happening between them, them and myself, and um, and then the day of the launch, um, we went downstairs to have breakfast, my wife and I. Um, and when I, when I came up, I think there was something like twenty or thirty thousand dollars worth of sales that had happened in the, in the last hour, and I couldn't believe it because you know I've only got a smaller list, and it just didn't make any sense to me. So um, that was my first big month. Um, and I think I did about seventy thousand dollars that month, um, and a large chunk of it was was from just this 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 crazy promotion thing, and uh, and that's when my automated madness system started to to take shape in my head, and I started to to document what I was doing because clearly what I was doing was 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 working quite well, and it was you know it worked well for for products that cost. Seventy-seven dollars, and it went well for products that cost a thousand dollars. Because, and I ended up being the number one affiliate for that launch, even though Rich Sheffrin and a whole bunch of other guys were were promoting at the time that same product. Um, I ended up beating them. So, yeah. So the penny dropped loud and clear for me then, and I started documenting my process um, because other people at the um, once that, that had happened were asking me, "Okay, so what the hell did you do to me?" So, so. Um, I mean, this is a good time to dive into that process, if, if you don't mind maybe giving us a summary, because it's something that can work for anyone who sells product through email, whether it's affiliate product or your own product. It's the system you've got for what communicating, building relationships and selling with email. Can you give us a summary? Sure. Um, well, the, the 30,000 foot view part of it is... Is essentially um, telling stories and and through the you know through the whole storytelling process you get to to connect and and, and influence and persuade people. So um, one of my biggest things was understanding their 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 pain points and their their you know the, the real emotional issues that people were having. And um, so by knowing that, I actually had a good idea of what they were going through and what they needed to hear and 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 because I'd been through that that process I guess I was really close to where they were and so everything I did was really about caring and nurturing about them more so than making the money. That the money was was just the 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 result of doing this stuff. It wasn't I'm doing the stuff to make the money and, and hopefully they'll 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 like me along the way. So um yeah and then it's just about creating these these funnels like we've already spoken about these little pre-sale funnels um, which was the way that i used to get people onto my lists um 
and then the process starts and the stories or these email sequences build out and the way I write them um, is kind of the way Hollywood writes soap operas or TV series like Lost and 24 and, and there's, there's, there's hundreds of them now um, whereas each for me each email was a was an episode and at the end of each episode there's always this uh, this cliff, this uh, cliffhanger so I would do similar things I would I would write an email and there'll be there'll be this this, uh, this open loop or this cliffhanger at the end of the email that then built up attention over time and over time I would I would earn the the, the trust and attention of, of my audience because of the way that I was writing um, yeah and uh, I just learned more along the way of that writing persuasive persuasively and then using little techniques along the way that uh, Hollywood were, were using um, like open loops and how, how long are these emails Andre well the, well, the sequences really never end. So, so the main sequence, which I call my soap opera sequence, is just something that I'll, I'll create an internal system where it's once a day or, or once a week I'll write, uh, write either one email or a batch of emails, and I'll just add them to the end of the autoresponder sequence. Because, again, um, this, this all goes, goes, goes back to automation again. So I want to automate the whole thing. I don't want to be doing hitting broadcast all day long. Um, or building a list and then every single time I want to make money, I've got to write something and then broadcast out this this um, this this promotion. And once the promotion's finished and my broadcast stops, then the money stops. So I wanted to create this whole evergreen thing that was completely automated. So so the so the front end's automated as we've spoken about already. All these little pre-sale pages and pre-sale sites, and they all looked similar, or but but they were always always different because I was always trying different things. But so essentially. That's where the story starts. Then you get them on a list, and then just over time, I just keep adding to that one list. So somebody adds adds themselves to the list, and then the actual story would start. So for them, it's a brand new story, and it it starts just for them, as you know. And then as people add themselves to it, they go to get into the sequence, and the whole thing plays out for them. Um, and then I used to well, and what I do do is uh, connect all the emails together. So they aren't. Um, I think this is probably. One of, one of the biggest tips is the emails aren't just isolated emails. They aren't just, here's an email about this tip, and then the next email that comes out is about something completely different. So I always created context, and then I would connect things together like, like a story. So although one story doesn't have to last months, the way that the emails get connected as long as there's there's some sort of context and you're connecting the next email to the previous email, um, that just works amazingly well. And obviously, it's been working for for Hollywood forever. So you know, why not be able to take from that and and use it sure. to do what we do? So, so uh, just so zero to hero doc. Sorry, zero to hero story dot com is is an example of this. So they. A listener goes to this page and then opts into your email list there they'll start getting this story ongoing through email right now is the email like is the first email a thousand words in the email or do you just send them to another site that continues the story um the emails can be quite long i mean um they need to be as long as they need to be i guess but um with that zero to hero story obviously the that pre-sale page sets sets the context and, and expectations for what's about to happen next. Um, so that particular one, I think it's about it lasts about a week. So that one's six emails or seven emails long. That then teaches them a certain thing that I was that I that I'd taught my friend who had done a similar thing to what I'd done, um, and he got this amazing result from what I was what I was teaching him. So essentially, that little that little funnel there is just his story that I'd written out on the, on the page. And then once they're on the list, it's what I taught him, but just um, a better version of it. Um, and that builds up trust with, with the people that are adding themselves to the list. And, they, and they're and they really grateful for me, you know, for me sharing this this stuff, which is, that, that one is, is, is proper how-to stuff. It's, you know, how to go and do this thing and, and get a certain result out of it at the end. Okay. Um, and but, 
that one just ends and it pre-sells um, tile businesses. Okay, so that one that one that one ends, ends. right? But most of them, right. you might have a hundred emails, two hundred emails. That you just keep adding to the sequence in the follow-up process, and someone could be there on two or three years getting these emails from you, which just keeps telling the story. So it's like seven series of lost. And I'm assuming throughout this, the storytelling, you are actually asking, like, you know, you can buy this or you can buy this as well at some point, right? Yes. I mean, uh, obviously, there's each, each little funnel has its own little purpose. And that Zero to Hero story was, um, was written just to, um, at the end, pre-sell one of my other products. But um, so on my... On my um, inside of AWeb, for example, I know that somebody on that zero to hero story list came in and they were exposed to a certain thing and they're obviously interested in a certain thing. So, if I do need to send out a broadcast promotion, I'll I'll only ever target just those lists that I know would be would probably be interested in in that offer, and I will exclude the ones that I either don't know if they're interested or I know that they're not interested, and they would they'd be excluded. Um, uh, very rarely, if any, if uh, I can't remember the last time I did it, whereas I would send out a broadcast and target all my lists um, just to get as much people on it as, as possible because it's, it's actually counterintuitive, but you actually end up doing more damage by doing that because people that aren't interested in the offer get exposed to the offer and you end up losing their, their, uh, their trust and, and attention over time. So um, you've got to be careful of, of how you do this and as long as you're mindful of the fact that um, people are there for a reason and you need to give them what they want um, and lead them down, down a journey that's, that's exciting for them um, and, and there's obviously value in it for them. So within the context of these emails, um, I have different sub um, soap opera sequences, for example. So if somebody clicked on a link for a certain thing that I was talking, so I would tell a story and without actually promoting anything, there would be context, or like I would link out to a to a YouTube. Well, I can link out to a YouTube video that just tells me that that person's interested in copywriting, for example. So I'm just dispensing goodwill and cool stuff um, in this thing. But I know that people, um, by them clicking on certain links, they raising their hand and telling me that they're interested in certain things. So then I can create other automated systems that then says, okay, if that person clicked on that link. They're probably interested in copywriting, for example, and then I could, then the actual system itself would automatically put them onto the copywriting soap opera sequence list, and it'll start playing out this new series. I mean, they they would still get the other series that they're on already. So, over time, certain people that click on lots of links that are engaged and they want more from me, they end up getting multiple emails. Whereas the ones that just want to run through the one sequence and they don't click on anything, or if there's nothing to click on. You know, they'll only get the one email from me a day or a week or whatever. But some people get a lot of emails from me. It gotcha. just depends on. I know it's it's it it may sound complicated or or not. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to look inside your your email responder system and see how many little, as you call them, soap opera sequences are in there. Uh, and on that topic, are you an Aweber user? Because it sounds like you're doing quite heavy segmentation there. So how do you do that? It's 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 been a pain because yes I'm on Aweber and then um, I can't remember it, it might have been a year and a bit ago I, I, I moved to Infusionsoft and I was with them for six months and as much as I, I liked the ability to segment really nicely with with the system there was just parts of it that were un, unusable in my mind so after six months I ended up going back to um, Aweber um, so yeah the only way to get people onto new lists with Aweber is to create an actual opt-in form. So, but the way that I'd, I'd done that, it wasn't too much of a barrier because in my mind, sometimes it's actually better to, to have barriers. So then you kind of pre-qualifying people. And, you know, if, if somebody can't be bothered to, to add their email address on a form about something else, then, you know, that, that probably aren't worth, you know, so. Okay, not, they're not serious. Yeah. Right, so I used to frame the actual offers really nicely, I guess, um, in a way that when people got to the page, they knew exactly why they were there, and they knew that when they, when they essentially they opted in, they were just raising their hands that they were interested in this other thing. So 
that's the way I used to frame it. But um, I'm probably going to be moving to up a sort of pilot like like you're doing at uh, mm. some point soon. So then I can make these things far more um, easier, I guess. So you can set them up, you know. Okay, Andre, so, sorry, <laughs> not interrupting there, but um, it sounds like you're obviously, you know, one of the more careful marketers when it comes to which emails go to which people and email is definitely what you do because you don't really have at least what i can see it's hard to find a lot of pages from you i'm sure you've got a bunch lying around that it's difficult to find without doing certain keyword searches but if you type in your name there really only is autoresponder madness affiliate bully zero to hero and your your one new one the um little businesses one right now for people listening yeah, I used to Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I, I used to have lots of them. Um, I have less of them now because my, my actual business model and my focus has, has now changed over the years. To, um, so, But yeah, um, I, I used to have lots of them. Well, how do, how do you make your living now before I ask my next question? Um, well, now that we've... Uh, um, I have my own products now, um, and the one that we're busy building up now, we've been doing it for a year and a half. Um, last year was the full... Um, this is a thing called um, tiny old businesses, which is um, it's a different approach to affiliate marketing, and it's the approach that I used to use and still do use. But it's been heavily influenced using the lean uh, methodologies, you know, what, what the lean startup methodologies. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but yeah. Um, so we've heavily influenced our training around that, and so that's that's a business we're busy building aggressively now. And we've got multiple partners, and we're going to be building some SaaS software. So we're going to have our own tracking tools that allow them um, them to track all their campaigns and and create all these different validation experimenty things, so mm. they can run experiments and do the stuff. So we heavily uh, focused on on just getting that thing as big as possible because we so you know we we we, we want to help as many people as we can and help them through what we do because, you know, we're in the trenches all day long doing this stuff and, uh, and, my, and my partner in crime, you know, we, my, myself and my other partner, I, I, don't, I didn't mean to go off on a, cha- on a tangent now. <laughs> so, um, we have complementary skills, so um, um, it's good to put us all and package, package it all up and, uh, and help people out. So our focus is on that and um, that's that's coming on quite nicely. Okay, great. I, I, we're almost at the, the hour mark, Andre. So I would like to start wrapping it up. I, I think, I mean, I haven't really stuck to your your timeline too well here, but I think it's pretty clear what happened. You just got really great, good at this whole process of pre-selling pages and and soap opera stories and email and segmenting um, the email so you're getting the right offers to the right people and, and and not annoying people with the wrong emails to the wrong to the wrong people. So. That's the, the obvious question I want to ask you now. It, it, for a person listening to this who, you know, they're, they're building an email list, but they probably just do one thing. They've got one follow-up sequence and, and like me, you know, every once a week they send out a broadcast as well. They might be sending out their their latest blog post or their, their latest podcast interview or, or the latest video, whatever it is they do. It's a little bit all over the place. It's just like, here's some great content. Here's some more great content. Here's a product you can buy. What advice from what you've learned in, specifically with email marketing, is the quickest, um, biggest impact, highest leverage thing you can do to change your email list to improve it? Is is there one or two things you can talk from your own experiences? Um, yeah, it's just making, well, yeah, well, this is a few things, I guess, but um, telling more, trying to tell more stories, um, because people are automatically engaged and they love listening to stories. And if you start an email once upon a time or this thing happened to me last week, you know, people are going to want to listen to that. They just want to know, well, what the hell happened to this person last week? Um, and if you frame it right, um, it's really not all that difficult. And you don't have to have interesting, this, this amazingly interesting life where there's so many stories, that things that happen, it's, it's not quite like that. So, you know, you can take elements of different things and build out a story from that um, as long as you're creating context for people to connect to and it also helps you know 
helps you empathize with people and then empathize with you and and helps it, the whole connection is made and then the other next big thing I, I think is 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 making these things interesting and and creating tension and anticipation in the emails because I don't think people would be watching these series um, these HBO series if whenever each one ended it just ended you know there wasn't any anticipation for what's about to come next um, and it's just human nature you know that's that's the way it is so I think by not by just adding those elements into emails without even changing anything else really just by creating those those little bit, bits into emails if you know it just changes everything and I know because people that are are that go to Autosponder Madness for the first time and those that's the first little changes they make because they find it easier than, than than learning how to write a story. They'll just add these little elements that just, they, they'll create this unresolved tension in each email by just creating these little open loops. And then they get people emailing them, their, their customers and, and their prospects email them and say, hey, I want to know what's happening next. Let me know, tell me, you know. Um, on the, and all of a sudden, instead of just emailing and this audience in this vacuum, there's this feedback loop happening, and people are emailing them back. So, um, can, can you uh, can, can you get like a sentence of how you do it? I'm assuming it's like an open loop, like a cliffhanger at the end of a, an episode of Lost. How do you do that in an email? What's a, is it just a sentence, or is it really more than that? Um, it can be just a sentence. That, um, but typically the ones that work the best is, is when you frame the the open loop. Um, using a little bit of story, so you would tell a story about this thing that you're working on, and you've got this amazing results, but you can't share it with them the results just yet because it's just too early, or you know something like that, right? So now you've created this open loop that then doesn't get resolved. So over time, you condition people to to pay attention to your stuff now because when the when the next email goes out, they're thinking, "Oh my God, is he going to tell me about this thing yet?" Because I really want to know about it. Um, and perhaps in the next email, you don't even talk about this, this other thing, and you'll open up another open loop um, using the same sort of thing. And then the, maybe the third email, you will then close close the first one. And um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can uh, anybody can often do any of my lists that you, that they find, on, and they can see them play out in real time. I guess, right. but uh, um, I guess, yeah. So, uh, so we could might we might end this interview by saying. Andre's wife is pregnant, and in the next interview, you'll find out what sex of the baby is. <laughs> right, uh, but it's it's it, ideally you want to connect it to 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 a need or want that's connected to the audience. Um, <laughs> obviously, they 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 less concerned about <laughs> the sex of a of of a kid. But yeah, the, that's, <laughs> that's that's the essential idea, though. Okay, so the next interview we do with Andre, we'll tell you exactly how he. Uh, double the amount of subscribers just by changing one word in his uh, opt-in form or something like that, and that would be more relevant. Right, right, right. Something like that. And then in the, in the PS section, uh, I like to tell completely different things. The different stories happen in the, in the PS of, of the email. Um, so there's the main part in in the top body of the email, and then in the postscript area, there's this other thing that happens, and I and then I'll then I'll play out these stories that just only happen in the postscript area, um, and then typically not even connected to the other stuff, and it just drives people bananas, and they they love it. So <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're entertaining but evil man, Andre. So um, <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's wrap up this interview. I, I do want to thank you for uh, we we covered a lot of different content there and, and breaking down some of the techniques you use in your email marketing. That's that's really helpful from a practical standpoint. I appreciate that, and I think it's fantastic that you demonstrated you came from a normal working background, gave yourself this task of making a living online. You found a way to do that, and then became good at something, and, and then had this dream of moving to Spain and, and accomplished that as well. So. Uh, you know, congratulations for, for living the dream in a lot of ways, Andre. Um, we need as many examples of that as we can get. So uh, just to wrap up, is there a place people can go? We've mentioned heaps of your websites, but is there a, a site you want to specifically send people to now? Um, well, if they want the email stuff, it's autorespondermadness.com. Um, and then 
and then a site that actually doesn't sell anything, but it just exposes them to the whole process. Um, if, they, if they want to go to um, the Philip Bully, that's um, that's a multi-page um, pre-sale site, and they can see how I've actually written that. And people really, really love that that site because of what's what's on it and 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 what it exposes people to, and it, it just reframes things for them. Mm, um, yeah, it's my favorite one too, just for the way you designed it. It, it it's it's got a nice touch of graphics and, and handwritten drawings, but it's like a sales page, but not a sales page because you keep clicking through. It's it's sort of its own, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a, it's a mini site without, and it's so on purpose too. Like it's very clear yeah. what it does and, and, and you're just taken through the story and lots of pictures and videos and and you do. You want to keep clicking the next point. Like you could have put this all on one long page, I guess, if you wanted to, but by having the click to read the next page, you're, you're sort of making the person go, I am really interested. You know, I, I am, I'm interested enough to keep clicking. So, uh, yes. that's, and that's, that's, that consistency thing that, uh, Cialdini talks about. Um, and that's why I also make them click because every time they click that they, they subconsciously more and more invested in what they're going through this process. Right. Um, uh, so at the end of, of that all wonder mad, of that affiliate bully site, um, I think it just ends now with a link, to to one of my sites but um in the day that used to end on a opt-in form because obviously i wanted people to get uh, i wanted to get people onto a list and then the whole thing was would uh, play out by email but that one now just has a link to one of my other sites now yeah yeah tiny little businesses so that's great you can go from affiliatebully.com and just go through the process and you can see exactly what Andre was talking about throughout this whole interview because I suspect there are a lot of people who still don't understand what you mean by a pre-sale page and storytelling and so on. So that's the best way to see how you do it. Yes, so this. Okay, thanks Andre for uh, taking the time. Um, good luck with what you're doing uh, this year with your partners. It sounds like you're heading in a, you know, a bigger direction. So uh, I hope that goes well for you. Thanks a lot, man, and uh, it's, it's, it's been great talking to you. Um, I, I hope I didn't pull you off off your off your path uh, too many times. <laughs> no, no, no. That was. Uh, I mean, you're you're in charge. You're the one telling the story, so uh, I just help you. <laughs> and um, yeah, for everyone listening in, you guys know where to go if you want to download more stories for more entrepreneurs uh, like Andre. You can head to my blog, entrepreneurs-journey.com. Or you can Google my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O, and you'll find all the episodes there. And I feel like adding a cliffhanger to this too. And, and if depending when you, uh, when you go to my site, you may find a different design this year. I don't know when you download and listen to this. So it's probably a good time to, to definitely head and check out entrepreneurs-journey.com and you'll never know what you get when you get there. <laughs> so <laughs> there's my cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Thanks, Andre. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care.